Hello and welcome to the New City Podcast, where we exist to renew the Quad Cities by restoring the health of its people. I am Jarek Bakken, joined here by Dr. Alex Arguello and Dr. Sarah Rausch. Wonderful intro here. Sarah is the co-owner of Motherhood Matters Wellness here in Davenport. She's a chiropractor, a certified yoga instructor, a DNS exercise trainer, chiropractic acupuncturist, dang it, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that word, uh, movement enthusiast, eternal learner, and a mother of three. Now correct me, Ashtanga? Yeah, Ashtanga. It's the, it's the A, not the I. What the heck is that? <laughs> Uh, so Ashtanga yoga is a very... Okay, that's um, what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Ashtanga. So, so is that a descriptor of certified yoga instructor? No, it's a style of yoga. Oh, okay. 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 So it's a separate thing. So it'd be like saying personal trainer versus... Oh, it says Ashtangi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't looking at it. Ashtangi means, you know, like yoga. Like a yogi. yogi. Yes. Now so I got it. Ashtanga is the style of yogi and yoga, and I'm a Ashtangi. Ashtangi. Okay. I get it. Uh, that's quite the resume. So we want to talk today about kind of what all you do, what all got you there and everything in between. Cool. 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 So how, where, where does life start for a person that ends up with this kind of resume? Well, that's interesting because it didn't start with any of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually a huge math nerd. I guess that should probably that's make right. it in there. That's right. Um, math nerd is math that what you just nerd, said? Oh, yeah. yeah, like yeah, addition and subtraction and yeah. algebra and yeah. Um, when I was nine, I wanted to work for NASA as a mathematician. That was my goal. Um, but I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, and um, there's not a ton of opportunity to work for NASA in, <laughs> in Wisconsin. <laughs> in Wisconsin. <laughs> Um, which, you know, I could have moved, but I actually had a baby at 15 years old, um, which then makes moving to Florida rather challenging. So, um, I decided that I would still pursue mathematics, mm -hmm. um, got my first degree, bachelor's degree in applied mathematics and computer science there, even though they tell you math will get you far and that you should learn math and it's really great. And I agree with all those things. You really can't get a job in mathematics. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up in um, American Family working in their IT department, uh -huh. which the atmosphere was amazing, but the job was boring. And I did a lot of sitting in a cubicle, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, so then I went back to school and I decided I wanted to be an engineer. So I have another degree in civil and environmental engineering. Nice. Um, as I was finishing that degree, I actually started having some health, some strange health challenges. Um, felt like the right side of my body would kind of go numb or feel weird. Um, and that's the first time I experienced chiropractic. Um, I was huh. in my early 20s. Um, and from that point on, I had about a year left in my um, engineering degree. And I was like, I don't even really want to do engineering. I also at that time found out I was going to end up in a cubicle working on blueprints and right, right. that sounded terrible. Yeah. So, um, and really honestly, chiropractic is so much like civil engineering of the body. It uh, really yeah, kind of yeah. works. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay. So, so quick side note here. When I was an undergrad, uh, I was, and I was going to be a biology major with a, uh, pre dentistry actually, hmm. um, focus, and just to kind of sum up my college experience, I 
didn't sign up for classes in time. So <laughs> I had very few to pick up, pick from. So me and my friend went into the, uh, whatever the office is called where you pick classes. And I said, what's the easiest class that I could take? And me and my friend settled on computer science. Oh my gosh. And it ended up being the hardest class yes. I ever took. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard i got nothing from it i was mad the whole time so yeah i'm yeah. also not a mathematician or computer scientist <laughs> no if that's even a thing is a computer oh, scientist a thing yeah computer science can you be a computer scientist is that a thing uh, i don't really know if that's I what mean, they do i mean you can make iphones and stuff you're like a programmer or uh yeah but there's still hardware there's still hardware involved yeah. Basically, now the challenge is how do you make it smaller into a tiny device that's going to fit in your pocket? C++, is that still a thing? <laughs> that's what you got? That's so oh, old. That's C++. what I learned. Yeah, it's yeah. object-oriented programming, and it's so hard. Like yeah. Java is the new. Right, right. And I was go. a football player, and she hated football players. Oh, yeah. Because I had to leave early for practice sometimes. And <laughs> it was a bad experience. <laughs> so Sorry, I just derailed everything. <laughs> <laughs> First question, how long, this is a selfish question, how long were you in your first cubicle job before you realized this is going to eat me alive? Um, I, well, I think I was there maybe, gosh, I don't remember, a year. Okay. Okay. That's not crazy. No. Mm-hmm. I have low tolerance Same. for, yeah, maybe that's a three thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, mm, no, this isn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your, your personal health experience, tell us more about that. What, like, what did you realize was not normal and how did you end up in the also not normal in quotes route of seeing a chiropractor? Well, so this is a little multifactorial. I think that most of my life I went through with, um, moderate to severe body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that a lot of health is focused on weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're looking at, you know, health factors of generally being overweight, but I think there is this whole population of women who have extreme body dysmorphia and it's how thin can I be? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever weighed over 140 pounds in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was always how little can I eat? How much can I work out? How thin can I be? How small can my clothes be? Sure. Um, And I would say that that was probably like true for me until the past three or four years, like the majority of my life. Yeah. Um, I did a little stint in anorexia when I was in like middle school. Um, And I mean, it was never severe. It was just seriously how little can I can I survive on two saltines a day sure so when we look at like how thin people we think oh healthy and sure that's like so not the case yeah um and so that was much of my life mm-hmm. and then when I worked out I did some weightlifting I did some cardio um I did a ton of yoga and it was all under the premise of how skinny can I get sure um and then having a baby at 15 um, I bounced back pretty quickly as far as I knew. Um, I had a lot of interventions during that birth because I don't think we've ever done a great job of educating women in um, birth and pregnancy to begin with. But then when you're 15, yeah. people don't think that you can handle that or, right. or it's like, it almost felt like a punishment and sure. like, 
we're just going to do this to you because you've done this to yourself. Sure. Um, and so I had some pelvic floor things come up that I didn't know about. Nobody checked me for, um, that actually ended up worsening. So I was dealing with that. I had some diastasis. I just had a lot of health complications. Um, the incident that happened when I was 20, like I, until that point, I was like, gosh, I'm so healthy. I had no pain, nothing. Um, and then just all of a sudden this weird yeah. right side of body thing. Um, I, it turns out I have an unstable atlas. It's always atlas. Um, <laughs> it's frustrating. But even though I could get chiropractic to fix that, it had to be fixed two times a week in order to me, mm. in order for me to function. It would give me huge anxiety. I'd get weird fishbowl feelings. Yeah. Um, I just like couldn't function well yeah. um, without that constant chiropractic care. And I'm like, there has to be something else. Yeah. You know, I think chiropractic is amazing. Um, but that's all mobility. It's putting motion back into joints. Mm -hmm. But if you have an over mobile joint or something that isn't stabilized well so that it can move all the time. Um, so I just started looking and seeing like what else is there. Um, so I started just taking seminars and, you know, taking FMS, taking SFMA, taking DNS, doing all the things. And then, um, really just learn from there that when you meld the two, um, it really starts to yeah. bring everything home. Yeah. Um, and through that then got into, you know, looking at CrossFit because it is such a functional, mm -hmm. you know, movement thing. Yeah. And we are here to stabilize mm -hmm. and we are here to mobilize and we're here to like make everybody move as a sure optimal human. So where, where did you go from, where did you see difference in, I have to get adjusted two times a week to, okay, now I've like begun to create some change in a bigger picture to where I don't need two adjustments a week. What did that look like? Um, I, I'm still in that process. Okay. Um, very rarely do I need to be adjusted two times a sure. week. Now I more enjoy being adjusted sure. once a week, yeah. but if I'd miss an adjustment, it's like, not like I'm going to pay for that. It's, mm -hmm. Oh, that sucks, but yeah, I'll survive. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that has only been in the past couple of years okay. because that has been like when my journey of stabilization really started. Mm -hmm. Like I really like, even though I'd taken some DNS and I had started taking these seminars, like until I really owned it and started integrating it. Um, and I would say that has been in the last two years. Sure. And especially after my last birth. Um, so I had a C-section, my middle baby. She was a footling breach with cord prolapse, so unavoidable. And then I had a V-back, mm -hmm. not knowing that I already had the pelvic floor dysfunction with the first, then with the third, it worsened. Mm -hmm. And that caused me a lot of problems. And I realized I really needed to start addressing my core and pelvic floor in a major way. Sure. Um, and so then that's where my learning all went. And that has actually helped everything. Yeah. Then. So can you put flesh on caused a lot of problems for somebody who doesn't, might not even know what like that means. Yeah. Might not even know what's not normal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I had no idea. So, um, for me it was prolapse. Prolapse is just a hernia of the pelvic floor mm -hmm. instead of a hernia of the abdominal wall. Um, and basically 
they're still doing a lot of studying on it. Um, I'm still doing a lot of learning on it, but it seems like the big majority of it is a hormonal component along with core dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So putting pressure down into the pelvic floor that is like of aberrant forces. Um, and so then when you combine the two, it happens pretty frequently during, you know, pushing a baby out during delivery. Um, and if it's small, it's pretty, it can be healable, but the problem is, is that we're always in an upright position. And so we're always putting the force down into the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So it can be really challenging and then it can be worsened by running and jumping mm-hmm. and like pushing down into the pelvic floor with lifting and mm-hmm. all of those things. So, yeah. um, at that point it's more of like a preventing it from getting worse, um, than, than so much healing. But, yeah. But we see, I mean, it doesn't even have to be prolapse, incontinence, um, diastasis, which is a separation of the abdominal wall, um, pain with intercourse, pain with tampon insertion, tailbone pain. I mean, there's just so many things that, that come up. Um, I fortunately haven't had a ton of that, just the structural stuff, I guess. Sure. So, yeah. 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 Basically, if something hurts, if something doesn't feel stable like you're not just weird yeah (laughs) right yeah like something's probably wrong yeah 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 um so how like it seems like your personal experience has been tracking really close to your professional experience right like how the personal experience definitely led to the professional experience, but like, I know that, you know, besides just doing this stuff for yourself, like we'll get into kind of what you are currently doing now, but like you're, it seems like doing a lot and helping others simultaneously as you're figuring stuff out for yourself. Is that true? Yeah, I would say so. So what, what's, what does that look like and how did that, how's that kind of developed into like a picture of what you do currently? Um, I guess when I was going through Palmer, if you had said, you're going to own a practice called Motherhood Matters, and you're going to really geek out on helping women Mm -hmm. in pregnancy and postpartum, I'd be like, (laughs) sure, (laughs) you're weird. Um, And it was really like with the birth of my last two children, um, like just really starting to educate myself and taking birth classes and doing all the research and whatever. And just finding that, like, even at 32 or whatever I was, I was still not given the information. Mm -hmm. I had to go look for it. I had to do my own informed consent. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finding people to support that is difficult. Like, we have a great support system in the community. But finding that is a challenge, especially when, like, it's not like even your provider is going to be like, doulas are a great option. They don't say that. Sure. If you have one, great, but they're not going to say like, it would be a really great idea. What are your goals with this pregnancy and delivery? You know, if it's to have a natural birth without medication, they're not like, well, maybe you should consider a doula and you should take a birth class. And this is, you know, a great one to help mm-hmm. you with that and whatever. It's just not very forthcoming. And so like through that experience and then seeing how postpartum goes and that there really isn't care. Like I thought I had some hormonal stuff going on after my third baby go to my primary care physician. Well, we can give you a pill. They're like, well, I'm not birth control deficient. Um, <laughs> that is not exactly what I was looking for. 
Like there was no discussion about like my hormones or anything. It was yeah. just, we could give you a pill. Um, and so they're just the resources. Sure. Sure. Are frustrating. And so are finding the resources. And yeah. Feeling supported. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so then we decided we were going to create that. Yeah. So paint us a picture of what you, what you do now. So I own a practice called Motherhood Matters. They're co-owned with Susan McLuhan. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a doula. Um, I am a chiropractor. And then I do all the things that you also said. Sure. Um, and all of it is in supporting um, women and families to make decisions that are best for themselves. We, like, even though I just said, like, having a natural birth and all the things, I have had somebody come into the office who had had a C-section with their first baby and loved it, like, thought it was the best thing ever. And if she had had a second baby, that's what she would have just signed up for it Mm -hmm. the day she went to her first prenatal visit. And it's not our job to, like, convince her that that's not the best thing. Mm That was the best thing for her. So we just want to support women and families in making the best decisions for themselves. Um, And then supporting them through those decisions. Like if you choose a C-section, we should maybe think about scar tissue work. Um, Thinking about, you know, what's going to happen for you in the postpartum. Like, are you going to have proper nutrition? Like somebody to care for you to bring you good meals? Or are you just going to be scrounging? Because it's, you know, so just starting to look at some of those things. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my practice, um, I obviously adjust, but, um, I like to put in just about everybody gets something functional. Usually we start with breath. Um, I have like a squat rack and Mm -hmm. a trainer bar, Mm -hmm. baby bar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, we just really groove movements that everybody makes on an everyday basis so like we had talked before we started that crossfit gets this like connotation of throw a lot of weight around and do all these crazy things but everybody in life all day long does crossfit so it's training people when you're going to pick up your baby off the ground Mm -hmm. can we hip hinge to do that can you deadlift your baby um if you're going to carry your 17 bags of groceries in from Target, mm-hmm. can you farmer carry them? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're just training people to do CrossFit in their daily lives. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Didn't even have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, like, I know you've talked about this uh, previously. The name motherhood matters. Like, I think immediately people think like, oh, pregnant moms or postpartum moms or whatever. But like, you're really adamant about like, no, no, no. Like, you had a baby at some point. Like, this conversation is still relevant, right? Totally relevant. What is it? Postpartum is forever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, tell tell me more about like that idea. Like, even if somebody had a baby, however many years ago, right? Like this is potentially still a relevant conversation for them, right? Yeah, um, I would say that we are just starting to have the postpartum conversation. It has always been, you go in for a six-week checkup, they do almost nothing. Sure. You're clear to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And now it's starting to change. To, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, we, you know, we started looking at mental health. We're starting to ask 
you know, the questions. Moms are becoming more aware that there's pelvic floor issues. And we have like now four or five pelvic floor PTs in the area that, you know, we refer to. Sure. Um, I think that just everybody is starting to get more educated in the um, yeah. whole area. Yeah. What's your, what's your, uh, what's your vision for your practice in your office? Oh, my vision for my practice is that, that every woman and family feels supported and educated and empowered in not only their birth, but their lives. Sure. Cool. Cool. Sweet. Um, you got more on her story before I ask some of those questions? <laughs> um, well, I, I guess just listening to you talk, I, I was interested. You said that there was this physical component, of course, um, of just pressure, right? But then you also said that there was this hormonal piece to mm-hmm. it. I was just wondering if you could speak to that a little bit because I think that that um, – I think people have an understanding that during pregnancy, hormone, there's something different about hormones, but yeah. right. there's very little understanding of maybe what that can do to you postpartum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anything to add on yeah, that? I mean, so definitely probably what the one that most people have heard is relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still very present in the postpartum. Um, and you still just have this really big balance of, yeah. you know, I mean, if you're nursing, prolactin is going and progesterone and estrogen are still kind of balancing. Um, and we even see it like throughout a normal cycle, like a, a normal menstrual cycle that um, like with prolapse at some point in your cycle, it, you may feel the symptoms and then other times you don't feel the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just the fluctuation within there, yeah. you know, women cycling 28 days and then in the postpartum it's, still trying to regulate and I mean it can take up to a year for a woman to and I would say a woman who is like kind of trying to really get back to um like normal yeah the new normal sure um so we don't like looking at six weeks we like looking at a full year Mm -hmm. letting the body you know normalize the hormones and yeah filling in yeah physical components and so we have, so like our kind of how we teach people about health, our principles of health is kind of this just like big picture overview of what we understand to be like kind of the, the optimal way for the human being to live, right? So looking at um, looking at that, that year postpartum, like how much have you noticed about when so you said this is a, a person who is focused yeah. on doing this. A year is probably a good window to look at for somebody who doesn't have regard for kind of the stuff that we teach through our principles of health, who, you know, isn't really paying attention to what they're eating. Isn't moving has kind of all this other just like stressful load on the body. Like how have you seen the picture of, not just six months, not just a year. Like how does that change if like you're really kind of completely, I don't, um, just oblivious, right? To like the the reality of our normal state of health. Yeah. And like, I know that there is some obliviousness to it, but I would also argue that in our society that mothers 
are supposed to be givers or like that's like like we get a lot of mom guilt if we take time for ourselves sure okay um, so i find that that's a bigger component sure like, i should be at home cleaning my house or doing whatever instead of going to the gym sure i mean i've found myself yeah. in those places yeah. where i'm doing everything for everyone else mm -hmm. And I put myself on hold. Sure. So, I mean, that can go on forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there isn't some intervention and there's another way, yeah. you can care for yourself and care for your family. Um, and it would be really awesome if you did those things together, you know? Yeah. Every single time I come here, my two children sit and watch me work uh -huh. out. Um, and many times want to join in the fun, you know? They <laughs> yeah. want to play on the rings. They want to do whatever. And I see... You know, Alex's kids are here and your yeah. kids are here and, yeah. you know, it's just normalizing that, sure. you know, so that they grow up and they know we take care of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's interesting because it's like on one hand, we greatly value service of other people, right? Yeah. But like there's, you know, there's this major component of if if you are not healthy enough to do that, you're actually going to harm yourself by thinking you've got what it takes to just take care of everything, right? Yeah. It's like the, the, the biblical principle of, you know, you can't focus on the speck in somebody else's eye when you've got a plank in your own, right? <laughs> like there's, there's an aspect of like, <laughs> you know, we need to understand that, no, you're not, you're not the hero here. You can't do all this stuff. You actually do need to take care of yourself to be able to even do those things better. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's 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 huge. Even even if we do know what it takes to be healthy. Yeah. Right? You still have to make a conscious decision yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So I would say there's many women who are walking around yeah. with fifteen year olds who are still Sure. Especially not physically. You know, like we don't even like nobody even checks people for diastasis. Mm -hmm. Um I check everybody. I know you guys are starting mm -hmm. to check people mm -hmm. or see it, you right. know, um, right. and then being told or, you know, people don't generally get checked um, is prophylactically, is that the right word? For um, prolapse, you have to like go in with symptoms and say, sure. and then they check. Um, and so it would just be nice if we were doing this like full sure. thing sure. so that people could care for themselves and know that they need, Yeah. you know, talking to. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now one of the, um, I think it was today about emotions uh -huh. um when i went into my last um postpartum visit it's a form they give you where you circle one through four or something like that and it's like supposed to pull out whether you have postpartum depression or whatever yeah <laughs> and you know like it might but i know what you're looking for you know and it feels hard and some women go through such bad postpartum depression that it may be like i i shouldn't pick up my baby i might kill my baby you know like really intense things mm -hmm. that if I tell you that I don't want you to take my baby away or think you I'm a bad mom or right. something like that so then we just suffer in silence so in our office like we don't have any forms like that I just have a new mom come in and I say how are you doing mm -hmm. toe to toe yeah and I say those exact things you know like sometimes women feel like they might kill their baby and then they're afraid to get them taken away and right. like normalize that Right. Because it's like one in seven women that are suffering with those things. So sure. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Part of the reason that I love that y'all talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Like normalizing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's great. I told Tanner he he won this morning because at 5 a.m. people show up at the gym and they get asked about their emotional state and he's he I told him he was the hero for making all these grown adults talk about their feelings. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but if you're a mom and you have a body that moves, you need to check out Sarah's Functional Movement Foundations class at Motherhood Matters. Right now she's offering a class on Sunday mornings at 10 as well as Mondays at 12:30. And if you're interested in getting back into the gym, we would love to help you do that safely, taking your individual needs into account. We'll meet you where you're at and help you reach your goals. To schedule a time to talk to one of our coaches, just go to newcity.fitness/start. And for the record, what Sarah does and what we do, it's not just a mom thing. It's a human thing, just to be clear. Oh, that's good. So I would want to know like, if you've thought about this at all. So when we think about these principles of health that we've come up with, we would make the argument that even if everybody in the world was perfectly healthy, that these principles would still apply. But they also come from a reaction to how poor our health is. Mm -hmm. So people are in a state of health and we would say, okay, well, let's first look at just what does it look like for a human being to be healthy? And then we kind of have this um, measurement, you know, this is kind of what normal is and we've kind of lost what normal is. So that's what we're trying to bring people back to. But when you think about that and apply it to what you do, I guess I'm just thinking about women have been having babies for thousands of years and women have been having multiple, and they used to have a lot more than they have now. Yeah. And there was never a doctor involved, you know, thousands of years ago. And there was, there was never just kind of this, all these interventions that you, mm -hmm. that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And of course, some of those are necessary and, and, you know, we're thankful that they've been, they've, they've come to be, but like, what is the, maybe some things that you feel like have happened that have led to now, there's so many women who experience this depression after a pregnancy or, you know, they experience the, the, the problems physically, you know, pelvic floor issues and all those things. Cause yes, I think some of that can just be part of normal life, but there also seems to be something that's just happened mm -hmm. in our world. That's led to this happening more often than, than I would say it used to. And I, I can't necessarily point to studies that say, Hey, thousands of years ago, women yeah. didn't deal with this <laughs> stuff, but it right. just, there was never talk about it. So yeah, you would assume that it wasn't right. happening. I think it's just a cumulative effect of we sit in chairs from five years old until oh. 18 years old, and then we go get a desk job and we sit in our desk jobs. And so we're already at a core dysfunction for like physical things. Yeah. Um, we stop lifting appropriately because we're sitting in a pro or so much. Um, and we so just you would say if you want to be healthy during pregnancy and after pregnancy, you shouldn't sit so much in preparation for that. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I would absolutely say that. I'm just giving examples. Is that examples, not taught in health class at yeah, schools? I know, right? No, yeah, in health right. class while you're sitting in your exactly. chair. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I see two-year-olds drinking soda pop when I go out. Um, and I see just, you know, yeah. if we want, like in thousand years ago or whatever, like we weren't seeing those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Women were squatting yeah. to, sure. to like sit and you know, make things and we weren't sitting in front of TVs and we were out working in the fields and mm -hmm. deadlifting and, you know, doing yeah. all the things and eating from the land and yeah. not eating McDonald's. And, yeah. um, yeah. so, and then we went and medicalized birth. That seems right. like, right. You know, like you said, interventions are fabulous when you have a foot length breach with cord prolapse. Right. 
I'm yeah. very yeah. grateful for the C-section, even yeah. though I didn't want it. Yeah. Right. Um, but then, like, when you're giving birth, you need to be in your primal brain. Mm. Nothing about a hospital screams primal yeah. to me. Um, and so we just mess it all up. We put women on their backs and put their legs up by their ears. And that's not a good, I, I mean, you guys know about core yeah. function. You're right. not, it's not a good stabilized core where you can push effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Yeah. Yeah. So combination of industrialized living and yeah. medicalization. Sounds like that's pretty familiar. Yeah. What we talk about. <laughs> so it is fun, like when you're raising kids with already like kind of having this, you know, young kids especially, because you can like try to avoid ha- having those things. You know, for our family, we've decided that we're n- not going to send them to school because I don't want them to sure. sit in a desk for eight hours a day. Yeah. And I know yeah. that's not feasible for everybody. And I, you know, no judgment for me, but like if that is a reality in their lives, what are they doing outside of school? Right. You know. It's hard to control their food intake in a public school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, how are you optimizing it? And yeah. then how are you optimizing it outside of um, school? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I mean, school for us, I have a kindergartner, and it's like, and a preschooler. Preschooler is like laying on the floor while I'm doing her alphabet at flashcards <laughs> and making snowmen or whatever she's doing, and or uh, angels, snow angels, and the five-year-old like climbing on the table and just doing ridiculous things while we're sure. doing our sure. schoolwork. So. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so with going way back here with the, um, the, the body dysmorphia, what, what was it that like pulled you out of that headspace? Yeah. That's a good question. There wasn't really a day where I was like, sure. hey. Sure. The Atlas um, adjustment. Uh, yeah, it's it <laughs> finally the perfect Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> um, it had a lot to do with birth. I was also part of an organization called BirthFit. Right. And we did a lot of talk about that. Um, and like starting to embrace the power of my body. Mm-hmm. I created three humans. Yeah. Like that's freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> And so when we hear pre-baby, pre-baby body or whatever it is, that just sends like sure. all of the, sure. my spine. Cause, sure. um, that body's gone. Right. And now you have this amazing baby that you created sure. from this amazing body that still exists. And now how can we optimize it? You know? Um, and so I'm not sure that it was my first pregnancy. I still was like, how do I get back to my, right. you know, right. original weight and whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I like, after the last baby, I'm like, dang, I just did it. I had a V back. It's all natural. Sure. Hear me roar, all the things. Mm-hmm. And um, now I just don't care. I just want to be strong and yeah. I want to function well. Sure. I want to be able to like enjoy every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and... Um, you, you, it's fair to say you weren't, you weren't enjoying every single day of your life. No, not when you have to like, that's bad food. I shouldn't eat it. And that's, you know, I should have worked out for two hours today. You know, like when you're constantly beating yourself up and Mm -hmm. you don't feel good when you do those things either, you know? Right. Right. Like all that stress and all that pressure and, and eating two saltines, like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But now yet you 
exercise on a regular basis. Yeah. And you eat good food on a regular basis, right? So it's like, how do you now deal with those things knowing that they were kind of the addictive substance, so yeah. to speak, previously? Um, I guess it's the mindset shift of it's no longer a punishment. It's no longer good and bad. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. Like I enjoy coming yeah. here and moving yeah. with the other humans that are here. Yeah. Um, and I, every, every night at seven o'clock, I'm really excited to pull up my Wi-Fi app and <laughs> see what kind of torture we're going to have the next day. And I will say like, there are workouts. Like I'm the biggest whiner about cardiovascular fitness. Mm -hmm. And when I see workouts that are all cardio, sometimes I choose not to come to those sure. because they're not enjoyable to me. Sure. And I don't really want to sit and like <laughs> say bad things in my head the whole time I'm doing them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still like still being conscientious about yeah, which but, workouts. And but and like I think even hearing more of your story, it's like th that could be partially wisdom for you, right? Yeah. It's like let's focus more on, you know, not being on the stair stepper for two hours. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, I need to actually air a little more on the side of let's freaking lift some weights. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's but when I do miss a day, like last Thursday, I had like the worst headache on the face of the planet. Sure. Mm. And my two options, I had just so much time. And I could get adjusted or come to the sure. gym. And really at that point, getting adjusted was sure. a much yeah. more needed thing yeah. than for me to come here and worsen my headache likely and yeah. be but, miserable the whole day and then yell at my kids. And Yeah, I think what you're describing though is really a, a vision that we have for everybody yeah. that you would become a different person that it's it's not just, you know, like you you are a slave to the gym you're a slave to this diet you know it's like you have become the person who yes i exercise right but like i'm also aware of my whole self and my entire need for health yeah. and the best thing i can do today instead of going to the gym is go get adjusted right so like yesterday I'm the guy who owns the gym and tells people to come to the gym and work out. Baby was awake like before 3 a.m. And like I took him out in the car and drove around and an hour later he falls asleep. And it's like, am I going to work out on five hours of sleep and push myself as hard as we do? And it's like, that's probably not a good idea. Right. Yeah. So it's like, didn't do that. Right. And then the important part is that, you didn't sit there all day like, I'm such a jerk for not going to the gym. Sure. I am so such a loser. Mm -hmm. That was so bad of me, mm -hmm. you know. I'm probably going to get fat or, you know, whatever. Right, right, <laughs> right, yeah. Also understanding that it's like, you know, not only is it okay to have some grace in that moment, yeah. but also, yeah, it's like it, it's, it's actually even better for me because I probably would have pushed myself too hard in an already stressed state. Yeah. Basically, um, I heard, who was I listening to? Basically, they're just talking about how we're essentially addicted to cortisol, right? Mm -hmm. Like, get this huge rush with this high intensity stuff all the time, and in a in a like 
yes, cortisol's good, but like if if that's all we're doing and that's how we get this boost, like that's a very unhealthy relationship and feedback loop with that, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, I know that I could have gotten through the workout, but it's like uh, that was definitely not the best decision. Yeah, and then that's some of the thing that, that I really like about the principles that, mm-hmm. I mean, you say them right in there. Sometimes you need to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you need to eat ho-hos, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. my favorite example is, maybe not ho-hos, um, <laughs> but one thing that, like, I heard in, uh, <laughs> Okay, okay. Maybe, 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 that, maybe that would be too far. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm trying to connect it to, like, somebody said this in a birth fit something or other, that, like, like if every year during the fair, mm. you go mm-hmm. yeah. and you have... Um, I don't even know what they're called, those things. Funnel cake. Funnel cake, funnel cake you guys knew before. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm if this like, person you're describing. <laughs> no, just Every year you go with your grandmother because your grandmother yeah. loves funnel cakes yeah. and it's this like special experience that you get to have with your grandmother and at someday you won't get to have with your grandmother anymore. Like why would you ruin that yeah. experience yeah. beating yourself up about eating bad food? Yeah. Eat the freaking yeah. funnel, funnel cake yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. With your grandma. You Maybe know. even a corn dog with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. So uh, I got a couple of questions here. How did you end up here? Well, ultimately I ended up here because your lovely wife mm-hmm. is in my in a business group I'm in. Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of heard me talking about corn pelvic floor. And she's like, you need to come talk to my husband. <laughs> Um, and so eventually that happened mm-hmm. and, um, I love what you're doing here in regards to core. Um, I love that you guys are interested. I mean, all the principles and how you like make them not such strict rules mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I do love in class that like, I've not seen it any safer for people to come and do functional training than I do here. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. And so what's interesting about that is like, so you come directly from like personal experience with core dysfunction and like the DNS training, like very specific training in this area. Yep. And so it's like f- for from my perspective, like, okay, my wife hears you talking about this stuff and she's like, wow, you sound like my husband or whatever. From my perspective, I'm like we're starting at the place of strength and conditioning and I'm looking at, okay, what is optimal for the human being in these certain realms? And we land at the same places, but it's like, it took a couple of times like of us getting together and me kind of hearing more about like how you're thinking about things for it to click and saying like, oh, we're saying the same thing, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's cool to like have you coming from just a, a, totally different realm but like if if what we're saying is true about how the human being works and functions right like then there's this massive amount of overlap between where i'm coming from and where you're coming from that's like yeah like we jive right and that was that was a really cool like moment for me to realize like oh we really are talking about the same thing here yeah Yeah. i think the big like now the big thing is like getting to people like in practice, it was like, no, why don't you understand me? Like breathe here and Uh do this and do all Uh these things. And people don't live in their bodies anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't feel their bodies. Mm -hmm. And so like trying to explain those things 
you know, like right. this morning, I'm like, yeah. I saw you trying yeah. so hard to get, yeah. get someone in class uh-huh. to like, I'm like, Oh, I can see the frustration and like yeah. verbally not being able right. to, you know, but like not feeling it. Yep. So I think that that is like a new added dimension of like my practice that I just started doing in the past six months is like realizing that, Holy cow. I have to come up with all these crazy new ways to get people to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes so much time that, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> the struggle yeah. I think is like getting people to stay on board long enough to, mm-hmm. yeah. to get to the feeling. Right. Like, and not get frustrated with the constant, like, Activate your core, activate your core, sure. activate your core, the repeat, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. But it's like the gym is like this, it's like this testing ground, you know? Yeah. It's like most people don't have the awareness throughout the other 23 hours of their day to be thinking about all this stuff, right? And it's like we use the elements of strength and conditioning to throw all these different variables and kind of put you to the test. How do you function as a human being in this embodied being that you are, yeah. right? Like, let's throw these different elements at you and use this as a, a testing ground to like see, okay, you know, when you do pick up this thing off the ground, right? Like, it, it's, it's a test. Every rep is a test, right? Yeah. Can you do this? And like... You, you're doing it in a supervised environment, right? Like, we're, 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 this type of thing, you know, it's like it doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, right? not at all. But it's like, it's, I, I dare I say, near optimal to be able to, you know, like do the test in a controlled way and in an, infl- in an infinitely scalable way, right? To essentially train how to be a higher functioning embodied human. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Right. I love it. Take it to the nth degree with the fittest people on world in the world. Great. But like we're all on that spectrum somewhere. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Cool. I was just going to say, so she wouldn't tell people who have had multiple babies or have just had a baby to not functionally move mm. Mm. oh absolutely everybody moves functionally <laughs> throughout their whole day i would just say that there are special considerations yeah. you right, know right, like right. if you're in that first one year right yeah right then can we do the controlled movement mm-hmm. i mean i'm probably a frustrating gym goer for <laughs> you know coaches because like i won't do certain things sure. because i know my mm-hmm. restrictions yep. um <clears throat> And, um, I started here very slowly and very low weights and very strict form. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like I've, you know, increased mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks. I actually feel really good in my body right now. I yeah. feel really strong and stable. Um, but you know, starting in that first year, yeah. can, can you do a stable core Yeah, and can you do it safely so that we don't yeah. Perpetuate these things. Yeah. I'm working with somebody right now and <clears throat> if she's listening, she'll know I'm talking about her. Um, so she's a few months postpartum and she's got like from 
playing sports growing up, from like being a fairly active runner, like in the past 10 years or so, whatever, like she's got a pretty big aerobic base, right? Yeah, she right. can, she can hustle, but like the, the downfall is not having some of this structure and stability to be able to carry load in many, many, many different forms. So it's like, she's got this capacity to go hard, but then like kind of a, a dragging stability aspect to where it's like, you know, you've, you've got the ability to go really hard and perform at a super high level. But when we're doing these deadlifts or these pull-ups or whatever, it's like, we can't go hard at the cost of how we're training these things. Yeah. So I tell people all the time is practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. We are going to like be and become the things that we're practicing mm -hmm. all the time, right? So even if you've got the lungs to go harder and faster, I don't want you practicing looking like junk in between point A and point B, even if you get to point B the fastest, right? Yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. And I, like, I would even say, <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like when you program um, 100 pull aparts uh -huh. and I get to 37 and I start feeling like my trap is pulling on my occiput, I'm like, okay, 37 is good today. <laughs> sure. You know, um, just because if I could do 100, mm -hmm. but yeah. then at that point, the breakdown has mm -hmm. been right. so much that I will just suffer the rest right. of the day. And I'm training my trap not what I'm supposed to be training. Right. That, and, and so and, I'd say even in the, even in here, like mm -hmm. sometimes we modify, you know, whatever, but like I'm being proactive about my body and mm -hmm. not putting that responsibility on you to sure. keep me safe. Sure. You yep. Know? Yep. And it's like, you know, you yeah, can give it, me the framework. Right. But in the, in the, in the group class setting, it's kind of like we, we say it's, it's kind of this happy medium between like me being one-on-one -on -one coach with you, being able to like be with you, making every decision along the way, you know, not, quite there but a huge improvement over your ten dollar planet fitness membership where yeah. you're just walking in and you've got free reign right yeah so ashtanga <laughs> yoga is actually a lot like crossfit and yeah. that it's a memorized sequence okay. and so you just go in and you start doing your practice and the mm -hmm. teacher just walks around the room cool and kind of knows everybody's body and knows kind of everybody cool. what you're doing and so it's very much the same experience yeah yeah do so. you teach that i do at at the i don't currently teach classes okay. got no it. got it I just do, I, I just, I love yoga, uh -huh. um, but I just want to incorporate so many other things in, mm -hmm. you know, so when I teach a class, it's like, we're going to roll around the floor and be babies and yeah. learn core stability and we're going to pattern a uh -huh. proper, you know, overhead lift uh -huh. and we're going to work uh, on some mobility, like true mobility, owning strength in an end range instead of yeah. just smashing muscles or stretching the crap out of them. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Does, does anybody locally do that yoga? Yeah. Tapas Yoga Shala. Where's that? Rock Island in the district. Okay, cool. Cool. That's actually where I took my teacher training and, and fabulous. How does that compare to, I, I know, I know about this much about yoga. Um, I mean, I suppose more than the like a person on walking on the street. Uh, I'm familiar with yin. Yin, yeah. Kind of long holds at yeah. end range type of thing. Uh, what 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 is a defining feature of Ashtanga? So Ashtanga yoga is more of more strength, more power yoga. Okay. 
um, like, we're holding things for five breaths. So I will say that okay. the meditative aspect of the sure. yoga is what really got me. Sure. I mean, a, there's the strength component. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I get to do awesome things, um, that feel strong and amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's my thing. <laughs> like, is that where handstands would come into a yoga Headstands, practice? Handstands, handstands. Cool. Um, my favorite one is the Bhuja Padasana. It's a, um, arm balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it is a lot of like, while trying to gain this flexibility, can you like activate sure. in certain areas? So sure. you're not just like hanging on joints and yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah. um, cool. everything's held for five breaths. So you, ha- you can't be like thinking of other things. Uh-huh. You're counting your breaths. Yeah. I was like, so how amazing is that? That you yeah. are also sort of forced to be uh-huh. meditating yeah. while you're moving. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, yeah, I was just, <clears throat> the reason I said the thing about oh, sorry. you wouldn't, uh, well, I was just joking saying you wouldn't ask yeah. a woman that just got <laughs> done given, having a baby not to functionally move. Because I think that's where a lot of people are at. Like, yeah, yeah. They would look at or just have an idea of what we do at the gym and say, well, there's no uh, way that I would yeah. ever step into that mm-hmm. because you just had a baby or, you know, because you've had six babies or whatever it is. Um, so I think what, what you do for sure is a piece of getting somebody to there. But I think even just, it's just a mindset that's been trained into people that they, they just don't understand the importance of functional movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they think that, yeah, they can just go and I think if somebody in the quad cities just had a baby and wants to get back to moving, this is the place I would send them. So well, there you go. Heard it here. Because I know, <laughs> I know that you all will look out for their public floors and cores. So. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's something that we're like, we're continuing to refine our process of that. Even like I would yeah. say today, like somebody comes in this, this, this one I'm working with now, the, the process she's going through to make sure that we're caring for her in the best way possible is even, is even more hands-on than like the day that you started coming here. Like she's, we're trying to care for her more right now. And I know that that's only going to like increase. Yeah. 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 Cool. This is a fun question. What physical goals do you have for yourself? Oh, I think I said them <laughs> before. Okay, yeah. Was, w- maybe, maybe, okay, maybe more specific than just be strong. No, not be strong. That was. I think it's. Um, I just want every day okay. yeah, to yeah. be. Yeah, that's true. Maximized. Okay. To feel good, to be able to live them, to be able mm-hmm. to enjoy my children, mm-hmm. and like every day, I don't want to be laying in a nursing home. Sure. There you go. With bed sores. Yeah. I want to like run into my grave. Yeah. Okay, well, we know I don't run. <laughs> I lie. I'm going to roll into my grave. <laughs> uh, that's good. Nice. That's good. No, that's great. Like, one of, the, one of the pictures that we've talked about frequently is this kind of, like, sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. The more that we can work ourselves towards fitness, the greater hedge we have against ever ending up in the nursing home, right? If I can train you to do a hundred burpees in under 10 minutes, the likelihood of you ever not being able to get up off the ground. Yeah. Next to nothing. Right. Like that's the goal. (laughs) Yeah. And as a woman, like woman, even the, you know, osteoporosis Mm -hmm. and all the things Mm -hmm. like 
you know, can yeah. we hedge those things off? Yeah, for sure. Can you make it to 70 without taking medications yeah. or not being on a medication? Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I, I liked about what you were saying earlier is yes, we want everything that you just said, but also you seem to be, you want that to wear off onto your children, right? You want your kids to yes. be taking that from you so that that can continue. I mean, how what, cool it is that the two of you, you and Emily, now have created six people yeah. who will then likely marry another person and create more people. And so yeah. if you want to renew the city, I mean, that's you how start, it happens. Yeah. Absolutely. So as long as we can continue to hand that down, you know, yeah. you have yep. four people and I have three people and mm -hmm. so we're going to have a lot of healthy mm -hmm. people if we keep it going. Yeah. And that gets back to the mindset question that you asked her of kind of what, what led you to change that mindset. I think a piece of it is what I've seen in people that I work with, the people that are able to kind of make habits and do this for the long haul are people who aren't necessarily focused on themselves and trying to get to, you know, running to their graves and the people who are constantly working at that, but they're also people who are then trying to pass it on to others, whether that's their children or they're just loud about it to their friends and are trying to bring people into what they're doing. Or if they, obviously you become a professional in this area now, so they find some way of actually teaching this, passing it on to, to people that does something in us that just allows us to continue to maintain, you know, what we're, what we're doing. So I think that's, probably was a piece of, you know, how the mindset changed because you just became this person who mm -hmm. not only were doing it for yourself, but now you're, you're, you're passing it on to all these other, right. other women. So that's, yeah. that's huge for the mindset. Right. Yeah. 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 That's like, we're, we're kind of working through, you know, like, what does it look like for us to, you know, take, take somebody, say it's, it's take a person who's type two diabetic and they're, they're in, they're in the, the boat of chronic disease headed for a disaster, right? To take that person towards health, right? Like as we kind of progress through and they make changes personally and we kind of pan out from nutrition to our movement to like, you know, all of the principles and stuff, <clears throat> we've kind of realized that it's like the, the end of that progression is the multiplication factor. Yeah. Right. It's, it's that person then being able to take this good, good thing that they have experienced and take it forward. Right. That's yeah. like, that's like, that's, that's the end. You've arrived at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's how the, everything is that you talked about in the beginning is going to change. You know, how are, how are women going to be now educated on not how things have been medicalized, how just how sitting at it all throughout your life is, is going to end up it going bad when you actually want to have a baby. That happens from educating one person and then they, they tell somebody else and you educate them. And then, as you said, it gets passed down in the families. That's how things are going to change yeah. you know, over the long term. So this is why that gives you hope. You know, yeah. Otherwise, you'd be in a pretty miserable state because there is so much bad coming at us. And so many lies that are told out there that prevent people from actually being able to get to optimum health. Um, but I think it, it's slow, but it, it can definitely be changed over time. As long as there's more people like you that what you're doing, what you're doing and more gyms like this. So yeah, let's, let's start another one. What are we let's doing? Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Maybe one closer to the West side. Where, do you live over, do you yeah. live over West end? <laughs> I know. I know that's actually, yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Very cool. Sweet.
Thank you for being here with us. This is great. We kind of we kind of like made our way naturally to that last question, talking about what a what how how do we become a renewed city? Well, you have more babies and train them up, train them up well. <laughs> you get you prepare yourself to have those there babies. You go. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. What to do after you have them? Yeah. Prepare yourself to have a baby. Cool. Sweet. This is great. Yeah. I got nothing else. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. If you can hear me now, that means you made it all the way through the show, and I have a big old thank you for you. Thank you for your attention. Um, thank you for listening all the way through. We hope this has been helpful for you, educational for you, um, entertaining for you, whatever it may be. Um, we really value your attention. What we also value is your feedback. So we would love if you could leave us a comment, leave us a review, send us a message, let us know what you think. Um, let us know if there's any other topics you want to hear us talk about, if there's anybody else you'd like to hear us um, interview or you'd like to hear them talk to us about certain things, whatever it may be. We'd love to hear from you, hear your comments, your suggestions, all of it, okay? Um, on Facebook, you can join our group. It is called Renewing the City. Just a apply I don't know join hit join this group whatever it may be you got to hit join and I got to approve you to be in there um, but on Instagram all you got to do is follow we've got our principles of health going up um, almost every day of the week um, or if you're ready to kind of jump in and really see what it looks like to join us here at the gym uh, you can go to newcity.fitness/start and schedule time to talk to one of our coaches. Again, we really appreciate you, your time, your attention. Until next time, peace.